0: What is up, ladies and gentlemen? I am your host, Harris Rubenstein. Very happy to be back here on the Patriots Beat Podcast. What an unbelievable couple of uh, weeks we've had here in the New England Patriots camp. All this Brady talk, all this 16-0 talk. Rob Ninkovich has retired. Julian Edelman and Stefan Gilmore are getting into fights on the practice field. It is hot. It is August I am so happy to be back on the Patriot beat podcast. Say what's up for your boy Harris Rubenstein. Go follow me on Twitter at Sports Scene. You can find this podcast at, at Patriots underscore beat, and go follow the main account at CLNS Media. Now, people. Woo! Very happy to be back on the podcast. It has been way too long uh, since I've been able to dump some incredible Pat's knowledge, incredible Pat's insight on our lovely listeners. Again, thank you everyone for joining us on this lovely, lovely Wednesday we have. We are having a, a beautiful summer, though I will say this, either... It's been absolutely beautiful, and warm, and sunny outside, or it's been absolutely downpouring rain. There is nothing in between, no light showers, it is either absolutely gorgeous, or a complete crap show (laughs) outside, but... It has been a beautiful summer uh, down here in the Mid Atlantic coast. It's also been beautiful up in Boston. I've been making regular trips up and down the coast to see my buds, see my pals. Officially graduated from college, as I think I told you guys uh, last time I was on the show. So here we are in the professional world. Very happy to to be sticking on with CLNS Media, and we'll uh, we'll see how long we can keep this partnership going. But man, oh man, what a what a fun! Uh, Summer we've had so far in the New England Patriots camp. This team is all the rage. This team is all anyone can think about. This team is all anyone can talk about. Everyone, you know, unless it's some sort of crime or something stupid that's going on with the NFL or this crazy CTE article that the New York Times came out with. Besides those things, it has been all Patriots. All off season to the point I think people are just obsessed with us. But hey, what are, what are, what are, what are you going to do? Especially when you have a team that looks like this. So, a couple things that we're going to be going over on the show. Number one that we're going to start with: what are the Patriots going to do with that defensive end position now that Rob Nickovic was given? The captain's honor of a uh, of a retirement. Boy, oh boy, that was that was an unbelievable scene. Uh really cool inside the media room with basically the entire freaking team attending his retirement ceremony. Belichick had to sit on the floor because there's so many people uh, coming to Rob Ninkovich's retirement ceremony. But uh beautiful scene. Congratulations to Rob Ninkovich on a on a wonderful football career. Uh, getting out before he really does get faced with uh, any t- serious health issues, but you know, winning two championships in three years, being a part of the organization for nine years, becoming easily one of the one of the m- most underrated players in the NFL, one of the guys who uh, was never really given the national, um, I guess, national praise that he should have gotten. Uh, but at the same time, you know, around the league, they they interviewed so many guys, as some brought Ron Ninkovich. and my favorite quote about him was something that he gave himself. I was never the biggest, I was never the fastest, I was never the strongest, but I was definitely one of the smartest. And I think we can all agree to that one. I sniff a uh, a coaching role for Senor Ninkovic over the next couple of years for sure. But for now, I'm sure he will be spending time with his beautiful wife and his beautiful daughter. So congratulations to Rob Ninkovic again on an outstanding Patriots career. And it's actually a shame because from a footballs, well, you know, well, we'll start with with an off the field standing. So what what did Rob Ninkovich mean to this defense? Well, Rob Ninkovich was, if you look at the history of Patriots defensive ends over the past ten years or so, there is one thing that is deeply, deeply lacking from that group, and that answer is consistency. Uh, a lot of the times you'll have defensive ends shuffling in and out every two three years. I mean, the only long term one was really. Um, Chandler Jones, and not even he was here for more than four years, so not a lot of consistency at that position. Uh, the only person that was ever actually consistent at that defensive end position was Rob Ninkovich, and I think that gave him a very particular le- leadership role that I think the 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 team was okay giving him. He was the leader of the defensive ends, and I think that his retirement right now was a little bit more of the fact that he kind of looked around. He just didn't see any familiar faces anymore. I think he kind of understood that Excuse me, the defensive end core as a whole was getting much, much, much younger across the board. Trey Flowers, Dietrich Wise, Derek Rivers. I mean, he's had rookies come in before, but never to the point of what they're going to be doing uh, this season in terms of playing time and what they're going to have to be uh, doing in terms of role and um, statistical output. So I think Nikovic saw this as his chance to... You know, not not necessarily get out, but I think that th- he saw that this was kind of the team's message in a way that they are trying to get younger on the defensive line. I think he took that as, all right, it's just kind of my time. He left with his mind. He left with his body. He left with his championships. He was on ESPN on Tuesday, rocking both big fat rings on middle fingers, talking about football. It was really great to see. So so what did he mean in terms of a locker room standpoint? Well, I talked about how he was the leader of the defensive end group. And if if you talk to... Anyone on the team, when it comes to them saying that about Rob Ninkovich, they'll all agree. When you needed – some sort of advice on how to play the position, you go to Rob Ninkovich. When you needed advice about what your role was on a specific play, you go to Rob Ninkovich. When you needed advice on how to be a more versatile player, you went to Rob Ninkovich. Again, he was never the biggest, the fastest, or the strongest, but he was definitely one of the smartest defensive ends in all of football. He was one of Bo Belichick's favorite players of the past decade. He was one of, I believe, Patriots Nation's favorite players over the past decade. I mean, he got so good that it was just, whenever you needed a big play, it was Rob Nikovich. Like, whenever you needed something to happen, you needed something to turn the tides. Rob Nikovich will be there. I mean, I'll never forget, you know, one of my favorite plays of all time, and I think oh, this was mentioned on Twitter the other day as well, one of the best plays of all time that he ever made was that pick against Peyton Manning, where he faked uh, he faked pass rush, dropped into coverage, picked off one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I think he actually did that. Did he do that twice? No, he did, he did it at least once. I'm not sure if he did it twice. But uh, truly, a, a truly special uh, player Rob Ninkovich was. And I think that they're really going to miss him. You know, I, I did just say that, you know, he did leave because the, the defensive end core has gotten so young. And while I do think that's true, it is a shame that he wasn't able to stick around and be a nice mentor for those guys. The oldest defensive end, or the, the defensive end with the longest tenure on the team right now is Trey Flowers. And I don't know if that's like good. I don't know how to really take that, but... It does open up one thing and one thing only. This defense now now officially has a hole in it, and that hole is that defensive end. You know, I I said while I was on the podcast earlier in the year that I thought that Rob Ninkovich wasn't going to actually end up making the team, and I stand by that because I just think he would have gotten outclassed by a lot of the players, and I think he saw that too. But at the same time, I'm not really sure who on this defense is going to be able to replace him. I mean, one of the great things about Rob Ninkovich – was not only his leadership, uh, it it was his unbelievable sense of versatility and and intelligence on the field. And that kind of versatile player is one of the... The the only way they're really going to make up for Rob Ninkovich's versatility is kind of by committee. I think what we're going to see a lot this year, you're going to see a lot more pass rush uh, from Donta Hightower. I think that they have realized that they need to up and improve upon the... The, how much they used onto Hightower in the pass rush. I feel like last year we we saw it so many times that he was so effective at doing it, but I just feel like they didn't do it enough. And he was so effective whenever he didn't. I think that Nikovic being out is going to open it up for him to play a little bit more of the elephant position rather than the middle linebacker position. And it also has to do with the fact that they signed David Harris, which was something I was calling for for a long time. They needed another linebacker, and they finally regot, uh, they finally got him. So... I, I think that it's going to also open up a little bit more play opportunity for um, for Kyle Van Noy, maybe a little bit more Shane McClellan, a lot of Trey Flowers. But one of the things that we've seen from camp is that Derek Rivers is very raw. I think I, was, I got a little ahead of myself when I said that he was going to be a big-time impactful player. I mean, if we can go back all the way to um, – to What's-His-Face's rookie year, to Trey Flowers' rookie year, he didn't play at all. And that was because of a shoulder, uh, shoulder injury. But if we're being totally honest, that really wasn't a shoulder injury. He was fine. I always thought that he was fine. I think that they kept him out because they wanted him to redshirt and really learn the defense uh, before they threw him into the fire. Not to mention, they didn't really need him that much um, uh, when he was playing. So I I, I, I think that... Trey Flowers being the player he is now is because they gave him that redshirt season. I think Dietrich Wise is probably going to have a better season. Not necessarily. It's, it's tough to say who's going to have the best season. We really need to see these guys in preseason. We really need to see these guys with the pads on, especially these young defensive ends that they have. So we'll, um, we'll see. But once again, congratulations to Rob Ninkovich, one of my favorite Patriots players of, of the past half decade plus. I mean, he's just been... He, he was one of the leaders, the true leaders of this team. He was one of the great uh, DNs for this team. I think he'll he'll be remembered for a long, long, long time in Patriots lore. But for now, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to discuss, one, whether it's plausible to actually start talking about 16-0. and And two,
1: does anyone even care if they go 16-0? and We'll be right back. I just want to take a moment to talk to you about movement watches. Movement Watches, if you haven't heard of this company, it's started by two broke college kids that wanted to wear stylish watches but couldn't afford them. So what did they do? They started their own company. Guys after my own heart, that's for sure. I love young entrepreneurs. As you know, CLNS Radio was founded by a bunch of Celtics fans way back in 2009. And from there, we started a, a company that made a career out of it. So we can absolutely relate to the owners of Movement Watches. And let me tell you, I purchased the Chrono Gunmetal Watch. This watch is so sleek, so cool, black stainless steel, it's light, it's versatile, it's great for dress occasions or even casual affairs. A little bit more about movement watches they start at $95. I purchased the Chrome Gunmetal Watch for under $100, and I know with the watch I purchased, you're looking at $400 to $500 in a department store. So give yourself a big discount off a watch right in time for the holidays. You can get 15% off today with free shipping. And if you don't like the watch, guess what? You can return it for free. All you have to do is go to movementwatches.com slash CelticsBeat. Wait a second. Even the name is cool. It's spelled www mvmtwatches.com/slash-celticsbeat. Now is the time to step up your watch game, folks. And I can tell you, since I got the Chrono Gunmetal watch, I've been getting complimented left and right. Get your fifteen percent off. Get your free shipping. No risk involved. You can return the watch if you don't like it, and you're also supporting Celtics Beat podcast and CLNS Radio. Again, go to mvmtwatches.com/slash-celticsbeat.
0: All right team, welcome back. So, one of the other things I wanted to talk about cuz obviously it's been a national headline blah 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 this and that. Everyone's talking about whether or not this Patriots team is going to go 16 and 0. And I I you know, as as all of you know, uh I usually have some pretty strong thoughts when it comes to these things and I do have a, a pretty strong thought when it comes to this. I have a serious question when it comes to all this uh 16 and 0 talk. Ready? Does how much does it really matter? Like I understand, obviously the 2007 quest for the the uh, the 2007 quest to go undefeated was was one of the great football seasons of all time. Was one of the most fun things to watch as both the Patriots fan and a football fan. But now I'm gonna I'm gonna make a pretty uh, I don't know if this is outlandish, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a, a hot take here. This is the best football team going into a season since the dawn of the century we have not seen an NFL team go into this season with as much hype with as much skill with with as much a claim around it as this Patriots team. Just, just looking at it from a pure player-to-player standing, I don't think we've ever had a more stacked football roster since the salary cap was introduced. I didn't even think it was physically possible to put together a team with this many big-name players. I'm not saying that like these big-name players aren't being paid. They are. But just, this team simply has the most talent of any team in the NFL, and frankly, it's not really close. You know, you you look around the AFC, all right, what team comes close? All right, well, the Pittsburgh Steelers have Big Ben, and they have Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell, and Martavis Bryant. But Le'Veon Bell currently hasn't reported to to training camp yet. And, oh, that's right, they still don't have a secondary. You have all these people saying, oh, the Steelers' defense is going to be so good. Please call me when they have a back four that's actually worth something and won't get ripped apart by Tom Brady in the playoffs. Please. Like, th- th- this whole Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win the Super Bowl thing is ridiculous. They do not have a secondary. I don't, like, I I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Where exactly, like, how exactly are the Pittsburgh Steelers going to stop a passing game? How are they going to stop a passing game? I I just don't understand where all of a sudden they just magically grew a secondary. Because I look at their roster, and I see one of the worst collections of cornerbacks, maybe in the entire AFC. But hey, what do I know? I'm just, you know, about to get, you know, paid to do sports for a living. But I don't know. I just think that this whole idea of the Steelers being any good is is incredibly overblown. So then, all right, now you have the Chiefs. All right, let's talk about the Chiefs. Well, the Chiefs have Alex Smith as their quarterback, so that conversation is instantly over. The Denver Broncos have Trevor Simeon as their quarterback, so that conversation is instantly over. The Chargers are going to do nothing this year. The Tennessee Titans are still a young and upcoming team. The Houston Texans are starting a rookie quarterback, so unless he turns into Dak Prescott, that's out the window. So who in the AFC exactly is a threat to this team? They all not have in the AFC West. The, the only team that they have as a threat in the AFC North is a Pittsburgh Steelers team with no secondary, like we, like I just said. The AFC South doesn't have anyone. And only not even get me started on how pretty bad the AFC East might be this year if the Dolphins can't take the next step that they probably should. So now all of a sudden, you have a very poor division. You have a very poor conference. So what what exactly would hold this team back from going 16 low in the regular season? Well... Probably the fact that well, excuse me, I missed the team in the AFC West. I miss the Oakland Raiders. My bad. The Oakland Raiders are definitely a threat to the Patriots in the AFC. Really good offense, really good defense, probably the best offensive line in the AFC. I'll give the Raiders credit where credit is due. And hey, we have a really, really fun matchup with the Oakland Raiders this year. I can't that's gonna be one of the best games all season is gonna be the New England Patriots versus the Oakland Raiders. I'm really, really excited to see what uh what the, what the Patriots are going to be able to pull out against a team as good as the Raiders but but beyond the Raiders the, the again beyond the Raiders the conference is pretty weak the division is pretty weak again i look around the league i mean who's who's the best team in the NFC going into the season you know is it the Cowboys with no defense is it the Falcons with with a whole new coaching staff is it is it the Seahawks who don't have an offensive line at all? Is is it is it the Cardinals who are still trusting the arm of of Carson Palmer, who proved last year that he might just be simply too old to be productive? I mean, it, the the Packers, the Bears are supposed to be good this year. The Giants, like they're. they're There are so many teams this year that could be really good. There aren't a lot of teams that we know are going to be instant playoff teams. And I I can't just keep going back, you know, looking back at past years. What teams... Have gone to the season with the amount of fanfare and the amount of 16-0 talk that the Patriots have uh, that that the Patriots are currently going into. Maybe the Broncos with like the first year Peyton Manning, that was a team that had a little bit of talk about it, but nothing really among these lines. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks had a little bit of this talk coming off of their first Super Bowl win, but obviously that didn't even come close to fruition. So it, it It's all about looking at the NFL in a vacuum and understanding that each individual year is its own challenge, but at the same time, you need to be able to understand what the historical relevance is of this Patriots team. And the historical relevance of this Patriot team says that on paper, they are favored to win every single game On their schedule so far. They have one of the 10 best, 10 easiest schedules in all of football this year, as they usually do with the AFC East and them just being able to walk all over them. They have a quarterback going into basically just unheard of territory right now. No one has any idea what exactly we're going to see from Tom Brady this year. We could see we might have a better Tom Brady than we did last year, if that was even possible. They have a better offense in terms of weapons this year than they did last year. They have a better defense in terms of overall depth this year than they did last year. So, the team itself has gotten better. The team last year went 13 and 3 or 14 and 2. The team swept through the playoffs and won the Super Bowl and now the team is coming back better with arguably an easier schedule. It's going to be interesting to to see for sure. This is pro, this is easily the most talented football team I've seen since I've had an awakening as a human being and able to watch sports objectively. I have not seen a team with this much talent uh, on it in in such a long time. And it was interesting. I was I was talking to someone the other day, and I'm going to transition this into the, the last thing I wanted to talk. Keep it a short episode because we're going to talk more about training camp and get a uh, a couple more uh, get a couple guests for next week for our training camp show. But if you're the Patriots, right? And you're Bill Belichick, and you're looking at the spectrum of this team. And like I said, this will be the last topic, and then I'll I'll let you all enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Why, if you're the New England Patriots, why would you ever trade Jimmy Garoppolo? Because there's been all this talk all offseason long and all during the draft about, oh, the Patriots need to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, get a first-round pick, blah, blah, blah. If you're Bill Belichick and you're looking at the spectrum of this team, why would you ever, in your right mind, trade away Jimmy Garoppolo? What happens? Let's say they trade away Jimmy Garoppolo, right? You have an entire roster that is built to win now and in the future. So why would you trade away the one guy who threatens that very idea? If Tom Brady goes down, They can slot Jimmy Garoppolo into his quarterback slot. Obviously, he's not going to beat Tom Brady. But I guarantee you one thing. The offense ain't missing a beat if Jimmy Garoppolo is in there. He's not missing a single beat if Jimmy Garoppolo is in that offense. The team's just going to keep clicking. They're going to run the ball. They're going to use their offensive line. They're going to do good work in the screen game. They're going to find ways to score points. And the defense will get takeaways. So, Let's say they trade Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Same situation, same team. Tom Brady goes down. Uh Uh-oh. Seems seems we might have to put Jacoby Brissett in. Uh, Oh, no. We might have to sign a veteran quarterback off the waiver list. Uh Uh-oh. Here comes Matt Castle again. Why not keep Jimmy Garoppolo and keep – who is easily the best backup quarterback in all of football. Like, the, it is no question that Jimmy Garoppolo is far and away the best backup quarterback in football right now. So you get to keep the best backup in football. It goes it goes along the lines of your team prioritizing depth at the most important positions, being linebacker, cornerback, wide receiver, and quarterback. And I think those are probably the most important positions on this current Patriots team. So you get to keep... Jimmy Garoppolo, you, get, you keep your Tom Brady insurance. You don't have to mess around with the thought of throwing away the season if a 40-year-old Tom Brady goes down. And also, now you don't have to play against him. Imagine this. Imagine, I don't if their schedule in front of me. Let's say the Patriots are 15-0, and, and the last team on their schedule, it's like the Jets or something, or let's say they play the team throughout the year, that they've traded Jimmy Garoppolo to. What if Jimmy Garoppolo beats you and is the guy that keeps you away from a 16-0 regular season? That is catastrophic if you're Bill Belichick. If you're Bill Belichick, your best move, by far, not even close, is to keep this guy on the roster for as long as you possibly can. Look, if you don't... I understand that football fans have this weird necessity that every single possible asset on the team that you have either needs to become a future asset or be a currently valuable player. Just because Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing on the field doesn't mean that he is not one of the five or ten most valuable players on this entire team. And that's not even a question. Without Jimmy Garoppolo on this team, they have a massive hole. And that massive hole is probably would probably become the most important role in all of football. Who backs up Tom Brady? Because without Jimmy Garoppolo, you got to trust, trust Jacoby Brissett, who right now I think we can all agree is definitely not ready for prime time. He might be in a couple of years when Garoppolo eventually has to leave. But as of right now, I don't trust him to go in there and win an NFL game. So... You keep Jimmy Garoppolo. He's 25 years old. He's NFL ready. He knows your offense. If Tom Brady goes down, the team doesn't skip a beat. And guess what? He doesn't have the threat to make it to the playoffs and maybe beat you if he's amazing. What if he is? There are reports that Bill Belichick thinks that this guy is like the second coming and he's like the next great quarterback. What if he is you trade him to a team that beats you in the playoffs? Like, I get it. If... If Jimmy Garoppolo in his free agency signs with a team and then beats the Patriots, that's fine because he left because he wanted to start. But right now he is still under contract with the Patriots and trading him to a team that he could potentially lead to the playoffs and then beat you would be one of the most catastrophic mistakes that Bill Belichick could make. The 25-year-old quarterback that you traded away beats your team that being led by a 40-year-old quarterback. Now, all of a sudden, the questions will be asked, should they have traded Jimmy Garoppolo? But guess what? If they don't trade Jimmy Garoppolo, it's fine. Because if Tom Brady sucks or Tom Brady goes down, they have it. But it's not like they need another first-round pick. Like Miles Garrett would have been awesome to have on this Patriots team. But who's a more valuable player to this Patriots team right now? A, a number one pick of Miles Garrett or Jimmy Garoppolo? The 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 one hundred percent correct answer, the number one answer on our board is Jimmy Garoppolo. So the the, the whole idea that you need to trade him in order to keep up with the Joneses, and get assets whenever you can, Danny Ainge style. Bill Belichick doesn't need to work that way. Bill Belichick should keep Jimmy Garoppolo. You can franchise this guy. I don't care. Keep Jimmy Garoppolo under team control for as long as humanly possible or until he comes out and says to you, If you do not trade me now, there is no chance that I will ever stay with this organization. Then maybe you trade him. But for now, keep the man. Keep your Brady insurance. And if he goes down, you keep the Super Bowl train rolling. But all right, team. We're going to take one more quick commercial break. When we go, when we come back, we're going to plan out the next couple of weeks. And we're going to say adios. But once again, it's been great to come back onto the Patriot V Podcast. I've been waiting to talk about that Jimmy Garoppolo rant for a while. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, oh, they need to trade Jimmy. They do not need to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. And they they damn well shouldn't trade Jimmy Garoppolo. And I sure as hell hope they don't trade Jimmy Garoppolo. But anyway, all right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Alright team, that's going to do it for this week's Page of B Podcast. Remember to follow us on iTunes and Stitch. You can find me on Twitter at Sports Team. You can find the whole network on Twitter at CLNS Media. I will be back with you guys next week. We're going to have some guests from training camp to break down everything that they've been seeing. Over the next couple of weeks we'll be doing full on training camp Rehashes. We'll be talking about different positional groups, who we think's going to make the cut, and then obviously once the preseason games start, we'll be giving you guys some high quality post game reviews. Remember to go find the Patriots post game show after all those games. Remember to go read and listen to our Patriots, uh, excuse me, Patriots news feed podcast. So that's going to do it for me. I'll see you guys next week. For now, it's been great to be back, and I hope you guys have a nice. Day.